Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. The root of bitterness. I've been dealing with a series called Contagion. Domestic violence was one message. Uh, in that, you need to identify it, contain it, or stop the spread, and even cure it. I did another message entitled Fear is Not a Virtue. We continued that message with the virus of flesh, the virus of isolation, the virus called liability or debt, the virus called liability, the illness of idolatry, idol worship, the cancer of racism. And I came very strong with that message. And here's the balance to it. We need to deal with the root of bitterness. Uh, there is a paralleled uh, a pandemic. And before I do that, I want to also look at Hebrews 12 and 15, which is going to help us with the root of bitterness. That's Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15. I need you to write some of these passages down. Hopefully those of you that are connected right now, you have a pen and a pad. You're learning how to flow with your bishop and your pastor. And I need you to write things down. I need you to be able to soak it up by writing it down. And uh, you'll be able to visit it or do a home study over what we're teaching while isolated. Hebrews 12 verse 15 reads like this. So see to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. This a wicked person of sin that leads to denial of the faith. Thank you, Lord. A denial of the faith. This thing will actually turn you away from your inheritance. So Hebrews 12 verses 15 through 16 is very, very uh, good and it's necessary. And uh, I want you to look at that passage. I want you to uh, absorb it because when we miss the grace of God, a root of bitterness can grow up in us and give us trouble and it can defile, the scripture says, many. There is a parallel pandemic in America that today. It is the cancer of racism. You're watching it right before you. And it is also the root of bitterness, of anger and bitterness. And I dealt with racism, and I'm going to talk just a moment about it, just a few minutes about it. But I need to deal, really deal with the other side uh, of racism, which is how people respond to injustice. Anger and bitterness is a virus as well. And so racism is the belief that a particular race is superior or inferior to another. That a person's social and moral traits are predetermined by his or her inborn, innate, biological potential. Think about that. A racist is a person who believes that a particular race is superior or inferior to another. That a person's social and moral traits are predetermined by his or her inborn, innate, biological potential, which simply means that you're born superior or you're born inferior to another race, and that your social and moral traits are predetermined. You're predetermined to commit crime. You're predetermined to be ignorant. You're predetermined to go your own way. That kind of thought is prevalent in America because racism prevails in three different areas. Number one, 
it is in history like you wouldn't believe. This is one reason why our society didn't want African-American history to be known by all of its people. It's not in the history books, just a little blurb of African-American history. But we need to know because when you see it, when you know history, you won't be blind to the fact to say something crazy like there's no race problem in America. That is totally just absolutely uh, unfounded as it relates to history. The, the history of our nation drips with racism. And the last 50 years hasn't changed that. So we need to know history. We're not bound by history, but very seldom does history lie. Second area that uh, racism prevails, it, 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 it is preeminent, and that is in institutions. Look at the institutions. We're talking about even the church is an institution. Colleges are institution. Our educational system is an institution. We have a bicameral uh, Congress, that's an institution. We have an executive branch and a judicial branch. Uh, even the, uh, the, the Senate committees uh, that uh, run the nation, because you see the Senate, the Senate has committees, and so does the House of Representatives. Usually the senatorial committees are ran for history now, since the Senate has been established in America, by Southern racialists who chop up laws so bad that no person of color could ever, ever abound or grow as it relates to this law. Wait, one, make one mistake. For instance, slavery is done, but if you get in trouble with the law one time, then your rights are taken away and you're thrown, all rights taken away and you're thrown to jail. That was law. So then we can, we can arrest you for anything and throw you in jail. And now we have another type of, of racism and Slavery, and that is through the penal system. That's another institution. And then the third area that you can see racism prevail, and that is in the power structure. Who's really in charge? And when you have people who are racialists in charge, believe me, every other ethnic group will not benefit as they do. It is a system that's in place to make sure other ethnic groups are down. Enough on racism. Let's move forward. So what is bitterness? What does the Bible say about bitterness? Bitterness is defined as anger and disappointment. It is anger and disappointment at being treated unjustly unethically and unfairly. It is the emotional state that you experience when you get angry and disappointed, being treated unjustly, unethically, and unfairly. It is synonymous with resentment and even envy because if you let it go too long, it'll start damaging your emotional state. Now, I know this is going to be difficult because there's a lot of people listening to me right now that are angry. But the, if we're going to grow as a people, we cannot stay in that state too long because I'm going to show you how bitterness, walking around with bitterness and anger without any reprieve, without any way of dealing with that or casting it out, it will actually hurt you more than it hurts your enemies. Or the person who treated you unjustly, the person who treated you unethically, or the person who treated you unfairly. I prophesied, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me that there is a woman who is bitter with her mother because her mother left them. Now I want you to hear me. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to me to pronounce this, that I'm speaking to a woman who is bitter with her mother who left them and got married to a man who migrated the family to Canada. You haven't heard from her. She hasn't checked on her children. She acts like you're not even born. And because of that, bitterness has begun to grow up inside of you. The Lord told me to tell you that the bitterness is so uh, rooted and grounded in your spirit that it, is, it has actually clouded your vision. 
It is calls you to not smell uh, a, a pleasant aromatic smell. Everything you smell is offensive. That it has affected your hearing as it relates to the spirit. That you are now dull of hearing, even deaf, can't hear the spirit of the Lord because this root has tied itself around your hearing. You have become numb to feeling. Even if people try to love on you and hug you, it doesn't mean what it should mean. Because this bitterness has made you hard. And has it affected your ability to speak? Because when you speak, there's a lot of venom coming out of you. The Lord told me to tell you that he's watching you and that he's going to heal you if you would submit to him. That he's going to release in your life some healing salve that's going to change the course of your life because the bitterness has even affected your destiny. So I prophesied as he commanded me and I spoke over the dry bones to speak to you and the multitude of women that are going through issues like that where you feel abandoned. Well, maybe your mother did leave you, but you yet feel abandoned. Maybe it's a relationship that broke up. Maybe it's a divorce. But you must release the bitterness. Yes, you were treated unjustly. Yes, you were treated unethically. Yes, you were treated unfairly. But I need you to grow now. And release yourself from the barbed wire root called bitterness. Some people are bitter because of emotional violations. Someone you love violated your emotional state. And others are bitter because of physical and emotional abuse. I'm not asking you to hang in there and take physical, verbal, and emotional abuse. It is not of God. And you don't hold up a white flag flag when you're being abused, not even in the name of the Lord. You must free yourself from that environment. Some people are bitter because of betrayal. You trusted someone and they violated the trust. And others are bitter because the relationship, the person that you married for life. The person that you married for life, get off the line, I'm doing fine. You say you miss me, you don't miss me all the time. I'm on the grind, I'm doing fine. You messed this up for life. Some people, their relationship didn't work. And you're bitter with it. He tried to call you. You say, get off a line. I'm doing fine. You say, you miss me. You don't miss me all the time. I'm on the grind. I'm doing fine. You say, you like me, but you messed this up for life. You can't allow the divorce to keep you that way. Then some people are bitter because of racism. I'm talking about racist acts. You know it was racist. You heard the sound. You saw the activity. But don't allow the racism to pull you into the pothole called bitterness. It's an early grave. And some are experiencing bitterness because of injustice and abuse and even spiritual abuse. You're in churches that did not care for your soul or your well-being. They only cared about what you could produce. They saw you as an agent. They saw you as a number. How much can you bring in to the incorporation? They did not see your spiritual state or see your potential, and it was spiritual abuse. They made you feel like if you didn't obey everything to the T, that you would lose your salvation. That's what we call spiritual abuse. I'm thinking about writing a book on this called Behind the Veil. And I know a lot of people hear the term Behind the Veil and think about worship. But I want to show you what's going on behind the veil, even in church. Some people are experiencing bitterness because of control. Watch this. Manipulation. A man manipulated you. A woman manipulated you. Even in same-sex relationships. You can be manipulated. M-A-N-I-P-U-L-A-T-O-R. 
And you got to learn how to let the manipulator go. I am. There was a song when I was out years ago in the Philippines. I heard it. I am the manipulator. The man was brapping about it and bragging it. M-A-N, I pee you later. In other words, when I'm finished with you, you're done. Some people experience the fog and the demonic spirit of the manipulator and you're still bitter over it. You got to learn how to kick it away. And then theft. Some people had stuff stolen from them, even their identity. And because of that, you're still bitter. Some people lose their identity in a relationship. They stop being themselves. They grow up in life never discovering self. The classic story of Cain and Abel that we read in Genesis chapter 4 warns us of sinful, the sinful essence of bitterness. Because if it's not dealt, dealt with, it, its root would actually lead to murder. There's a variety of wicked fruit that will come from even wicked actions that come out of bitterness. And this is why I need to speak to it because at first it will woo you and tell you it's okay to be bitter because of the unjust work that happened to you. It, it, because of the injustice that occurred into your life. Because of the manipulation. Because of the unethical activity that occurred. It's okay for a while for you to bathe in your bitterness. But we saw with Cain and Abel that even brothers can hate each other. Even an older brother can kill his younger tender brother if he's bitter over certain things. I believe it's time for us to take ownership of our own situation and relinquish what is out of our control only in God's control. You can't help that you were treated unjustly, so relinquish it to God. You can't help that you were treated unethically, so you need to cast it on God and not carry it. Because if you do, you're not built to handle bitterness. It turns, it grows roots, and it will tie around stuff that you need to be operating at a high level, glory to God, so you can continue to perform at a high level. Your root your root, the root of God's word need to be grounded in your heart. That's the only root. Root of God's word grounded in your heart. And you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You can't have the root of God's word and the root, glory to God, tied into the word and tied in the spirit of God or the flowing stream and still have a root of bitterness and not think that the bitter root will choke out the abilities of the word of God in you. I'm going to help somebody tonight. God gave me this and I know it's time. Bitterness in the Bible. Write it down. Bitterness will control you. It will control you. It will lock you down. You might as well go and get into a jail cell because bitterness will control your behaviors. It will tell you not to trust anybody. And the person that's ready to help you has to leave you because you're not ready for it. It will control even who you relate to. It will confuse you. It will perplex your mind. It will make you callous. Callous heart can't breathe. It will make you, it will condemn you. It will keep telling you you're wrong and then justify you when you do wrong and then tell you you were wrong and then justify the action when you do wrong and then tell you, see a cycle? It will control you and confuse you. It will make you callous. It will condemn you. It will actually create a critical spirit within you. Instead of you hearing the word, you pick out one statement and focus on that. Because you're bitter. It will affect your hearing. Bitterness will make you casual. Laid back. Never excited about anything. Bitterness will also make you carnal. And a carnal mind is enmity against God. It is hostile to the move of God. It frustrates God. To the max. Here's another one. A bitter spirit will make you corrosive. Now if you ever see a pipe 
that's uh, behind the wall. That's why I don't trust walls because some walls have rusted pipes. If you ever look at the pipe rusted, it's corroded. It looks real bad. And you start wondering, how could I drink from this pipe if it's rusty like that? And there are many people, the world can't drink from us because we're corrosive. We even pass on the virus or the mold. And a corrosive Christian is a dangerous Christian. The Lord loves us, but the bitterness chokes us. If you're bitter, you will not get better. If you're bitter, you will not get better until you deal with the bitterness. Let me say it again. If you're bitter, you will not get better until you deal with the bitterness. Let me say it again. If you're bitter, you will never get better until you deal with the bitterness. If you're bitter, if you're bitter, you'll never get better until you deal with the bitterness. The bitterness will choke out your betterness. So you must deal with the bitterness so you can get better. Because you can't get better until you deal with the bitterness. As long as Satan can manipulate you and entice you to allow the root of bitterness to grow, to feel justified that you have the bitterness, he can keep you locked down in prison with the poison of bitterness. You're sipping on the poison of bitterness every day. So how you deal with bitterness? How can we deal with this bitterness? Here's your reading assignment. I need you to read Tonight or this week, Romans 12, verses 9 through 21. And it's going to show you in the text, Romans 9, 12, verses 9, chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. Just put it into practice. Read it in several versions of the Bible and talk about it so it'll show you how to handle bitterness. I'm going another route. That's your assignment. That's your homework. And if you really want to get the root up out of you, get it out. It must, it must be plucked up. It has to be. It has to be unearthed. Glory to God. You must be denuded of that. It must come out of you and it's going to be painful because it's rooted in you. But if you do it, you'll breathe again. You'll soar again. You'll thrive again. The Lord spoke to me, hallelujah, years ago and showed me a contraption that came to these trees that had dead limbs in them. And it would stand over the tree. This creature would stand over the tree and then uproot it. And when it would uproot it, it had to pull up soil as well because the root system was so deep and intertwined in the soil. It had to get all of the soil out and it left a crater. And this creature also would then plant a seed in the empty hole in the depression. And I'm decreeing and declaring that as I preach now, even as I speak with authority, that the Holy Ghost is crouching over the trees and the manifestations of bitterness, the wickedness that's growing from our hearts and soul, these weird dreams that's manifesting in us because we've never dealt with the pain properly and it's manifested in our physical body. I approach it in the name of Jesus and decree that the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, is now crouching over that place, digging into the soil, and he's going to have to unearth, hallelujah, even the deep roots of bitterness and then in the midst of the depression he's going to place a seed there and I decree and declare that that seed is eternal and that seed is going to take root and that seed is going to produce a harvest and that seed is going to change your season and that seed is, is going to cause you to step away from the past step away from what they did to you step away from what the enemy tried to do to you I'm preaching better than you saying amen and God is going to cause you to rise up that old dude that you still aching over, he's gone. And you need to get over it now. That girl that hurt your heart is gone. You need to let God heal you now. Glory to God. Let me go back to teaching. In the Old Testament, a symbol of hard bondage. A symbol of hard bondage is bitterness. So don't think because you didn't go through a symbol of hard bondage. Misery. Is bitterness and even the ruin that follows immorality is bitter 
Exodus chapter 1 verse 11 through 14. It's on the screen. It reads like this. And they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor. Talking about your ancestors as well. And they built Ramses, these type of columns and these artifacts in Egypt as store cities for Pharaoh. So they made them do slave labor so they can pre pre prepare storage facilities for the king. Just for his glory. But the more they oppressed the Israelites or the slaves, the more they multiplied and spread. Just like your ancestors. And so the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. And because you're multiplying, because no matter how you've been treated through slavery, because no matter what you went through, you're still growing. You're still thriving. Most ethnic groups wouldn't have been able to handle it. And that's why we need to start singing Amazing Grace right now. There's too much death in the street. The more you sing Amazing Grace, the more will be preserved in the streets. Glory to God. Get back to your roots, America. African American, get back to singing grace songs. Get back to going to church. Stop being isolated. Let God work with your heart. God save your ancestors and he will save you. Verse 13. And they begin to work them relentlessly. Because they multiplied, they work them ruthlessly. Listen at this. Ruthlessly. Verse 14. They made their lives bitter with hard labor. So bitterness is not just a feeling. Oppression can be on you in such a way that you're not getting paid for your efforts. They made them hurt with hard labor, work for, with hard, bitter with hard labor in brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. In all their hard labor, the Egyptians used them ruthlessly. Now, it happened in the Bible. I don't know why America would say that just don't happen with us. Well, do you know God? <laughs> If you don't know God, your feelings for people who oppress will never reach your corporate office. It'll never reach your vacation paradise island. They're working hard and you're able to make the billions and the millions and the multi-thousands. And don't see where you can pay your employees more. Even predator lending in the midst of us. We need God that can hear the cry. That's why I like Genesis 3. I'm talking about Exodus chapter 3. He's told Moses, I've heard the cries of this. I heard the cries of this. This is, this is uh, Exodus 3. I heard the cries of this by reason of the, the cries of my people, by reason of their taskmasters, and I've come down to deliver them. Let's go to another passage where we can see bitterness in the word of God. Numbers chapter 9, verse 11. Look at verse, verse 11 of Numbers chapter 9. They are to celebrate it on the 14th day. Talking about the Passover. Of the second month of twilight. They are to eat the lamb. Together with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. So why would God want his people yearly to eat bitter herbs when they think about the Passover? Well, the Passover was the night in which the uh, death angel came through Egypt and God told his people to put blood over the doorposts like the coronavirus came through America and all of the multi-countries, the multi-countries of the world. And they asked us to stay home. And I said it when it first came out, if you stay home, if I see the blood, I will pass over you. All right? But a lot of people just can't do it, especially people in America that want to get guns and stand on. We need to open up. We need, now we're seeing spikes. And as you got your guns, it's more easier for cops to shoot people or to choke them out. And if the president says anything wild, like, go ahead and rough them up a little bit, you're going to open up a gate, a Pandora's box in the nation for people who have these tendencies to mistreat those that they subjugate. 
Well, I'm going to say it like it is because everybody want to be soft targets now. But what we want to do is speak truth to power so we can tone down the rhetoric. When you get mad, don't curse nobody. Don't say the wrong thing. It may stir up something in someone who's listening to you. Why would God want them to eat bitter herbs? Well, he wanted them to be mindful of the bitterness that they went through while they were in slavery. But not in America. We try to escape the bitterness. But you really don't escape it if you don't deal with it. You just suppress it. And it creates a root system. By them eating the bitter, they're able to transfer their bitterness to a taste that they can spit out. Or it passes through them and it's gone versus becoming a root system in their soul. Good God from Zion. And so by eating the herb or talking about the issue or sitting down in your home community and having history lessons and just dealing with it, you shouldn't get angry to the point that you lose your mind. But what it does, it passes through you so it doesn't build up in you and create a root system that ties around your potential. Even those of us that had bad childhoods, if you suppress it, you'll, you'll tie down your ability to grow. And that's why you got to get in a place as a man or woman that you can talk about it. Eat the bitter herb on a yearly basis until you don't feel it no more. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The bitter herb represented the bondage. But how many of us sit our kids down and say, you know that we were slaves when we came to this land. But look what your father did. Look what your grandfather did. Look what I'm doing. In the midst of all of this bondage, we were still able to send you to college. We were still able to do this, that, and the other. Why are you so angry? You never tasted the desperate. But because we don't want to talk about it, because we won't speak about it and eat the bitter herb on a yearly basis, the root is growing inside of us. Glory to God. Let's go deeper. Exodus 15 and 23. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink its waters because it was bitter. This is why the place is called Mara or bitter waters. The waters of Mara uh, represent bitter, uh, probably meaning salty or like seawater. Briny or brackish water, not fresh water. If you've ever been out the sea and if you're ever on a raft out the sea, please don't drink the seawater. It is not to be consumed. It is very, very salty. Now I want you to see this. This is right here in the text, right here in the word of God, Exodus 15. As they're traveling toward their promised land, like many of you and I, God delivered us from evil. He delivered us from our pain. You're not really going through that anymore. He set you free from that, but you still carry the bitterness. Along the way, they were thirsty. They got to a place called Mara, but they could not. They are thirsty now, but they could not access the water because the water was bitter. And God is sending you and I into our promised land, and he wants to refresh us, but we can't drink the water because it's bitter. We are so tied to the bitterness, we can't refresh ourselves. Good God from Zion. I can preach until you get happy and then you go back to the bitterness and drink the bitter waters of Mara. Notice they were supposed to eat the herb but not drink the water. You can only drink pure water. So God told Moses, I need you to get a hyssop branch. Hyssop, the same branch that was used to put the blood over the doorpost. Hyssop, there's a cleansing in the hyssop branch and I need you to dip the branch in the water just like the cross was dipped in the bitter waters that we try to drink or the bitter waters of our experience and when you put that hyssop branch in the water I'll make the bitter water sweet good God from Zion 
And if you ever let God, the resurrection and the cross and the burial and redemption really mean something to you, you won't allow the bitter waters to stay bitter. God can cure your bitter waters and make them sweet. Woo, Jesus. Let me just prophesy to you. You're not limited to what they did to you. You're not limited to how they messed over you. You're not limited to the injustice. The devil tried to lock you down. But God is going to lift you up. You can allow God to purify your experience that you can drink fresh water again. Ooh, Jesus. Somebody better get me. Oh, yeah, we having church and we ain't going nowhere. Somebody ought to get me. We have in church and we ain't going nowhere. Somebody ought to hit me, slap me, let me know you're with me. In the New Testament, the scripture is there as well. It's called the gall of bitterness. In Acts chapter 8, verse 23, for I see that you are, are in the gall of bitterness and in the bondage of iniquity. Now, here's a man that when he saw God using Philip, when he saw God using the apostles, he wanted to buy the ability. He wanted to buy the ability uh, that the Holy Ghost would come upon him so he can do mighty exploits. You can't buy this. And God uh, spoke to the leader to say that you're actually in the gall of bitterness. How's that tied? He wanted to purchase the ability to be used of God. Paul said that misunderstanding about God is tied to a root system. And there are people who have misconceptions about God. In other words, they've allowed Hagar to tell them who God is. Versus God revealing himself through the word. Your experience is telling you what God does. Your experience even with light is telling you who God is. But Satan can transform himself into an angel of light. You can't let experiences tell you who God is. You must find out who he is in the word. And he was able, the man of God was able to tie this request to the gall of bitterness and bondage, even iniquity. I, will, I hope that speaks to you. Because it speaks loud to me that a misconception of God and his operation in the earth can be tied to bitterness. Thank you, Lord. And then in Hebrews chapter 12, our root scripture and verse 15, see to it that uh, no that that uh, no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. This is a wicked person or a sin that leads to denial of your faith. This is a wicked person. Bitterness can take you to a point where you deny your faith. I don't believe God anyway. None of this stuff works. And that's where it's really dangerous. Hallelujah. There are a few of the fruits of, of the root of bitterness that I need to give you, and they all start with D's. The first one is defilement. It's a fruit that grows from the root of bitterness. When iniquity abides in the heart, it's fertile ground for bitterness. No one can be pure in the eyes of God and bitterness growing in you at the same time. It will defile you. Number two, bitterness always divides you. Division comes from the root of bitterness. It will divide the bitter person from fellowship. They will just stop, they'll stop fellowshipping. They'll say, I'm all right. There's nothing against you, but you won't see them gathering anymore. And I'm telling you, it is tied to bitterness. It will always division, divide. Two, division, to separate, decision, to cut off options. You can't have two options if you're going to make a decision. And uh, the root of bitterness will divide your ability. You'll never be able to make a decision. When it's time to make a decision, well, I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you. Okay, week passed. Okay. 
I'll get back to, to you the second Tuesday of next month. Well, there is no second Tuesday. I know. I don't know when I'm going to get back with you. That's what bitterness does. Divides your efforts. Cuts you down. Makes you have of the person that you really are. Write it down. Bitterness. There are nine fruits of bitterness. Let's start with these. And the third one is deadness. Deadness. Bitterness creates deadness to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit used to be able to breathe on you, but you can't feel him anymore. Bitterness will dim the eyes so you can't see Holy Spirit. It will deafen the hearing so you can't hear the Holy Spirit. It will distort your aromatic smell that comes from unity. You will not smell the aromatic smell. You can't sense it. And that smell comes from a unified group. You won't, fit, you won't be able to sense the smell of unity. Bitterness will destroy the ability to taste and see that God is good. It messes up your ability to taste. Bitterness even controls and consumes the heart and keeps the heart bitter one from sensing the sweetness of the presence of God. Bitter people cannot engage in worship properly. Number four, bitter people are deceived. They'll say, I'm not bitter, when it's the very root of bitterness that's in operation. I'm giving you all of these indicators. The Lord gave me this early this morning. That's why I need to pour it out to you. I know that I need to speak on this contagion or this virus that's in the midst of us. And it is bitterness. And it's got young people. Some people are marching because they believe in protest. Other people are bitter and the bitter herb is driving them. And we must grow out of the bitterness. Deception is so amazing. A deceived person will say, I'm not deceived, and walk right in the ditch. The grim reaper is leaving them, talking about, I'm not following the grim reaper, and they're leading you right to hell. Because a deceived person don't know they're deceived, unless the light shines on. A bitter person is also depressed. Depression follows it. It's the fruit of the root called bitterness. Depression. Live in constant mental anguish, which depresses you. That's why I vowed when God called me to launch a ministry to never sing this song. I'm just nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody that can save anybody. Don't ever tell me I'm a nobody. That is a mark of depression. I know it may have helped us to get through some things, but it's not biblically sound. It's all soulish, and we got to grow out of that. Don't ever tell me that I'm a nobody. Even though I understand that I'm like this in the eyes of God, he has made me glad. He has made me glad, and I will rejoice, for he has made me glad. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and my soul knows it well. That's Bible. Make sure that when you sing songs, you sing the word of God. Write it down. Bitterness also manifests in delirium or madness. People that are delirious and mad is the fruit of the root of bitterness. Mentally, they start losing it. Mentally, they start losing it. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 30 through 31 mentions all of these um, emotional states, kindred attitudes, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, and malice. All of them tied together. So with bitterness, he starts manifesting. It actually makes you go mad. Malice, evil speaking, clamor, anger, wrath, burning stuff down, rioting. We look at them, many of us haven't gotten to that stage, but we tear down our own houses. We tear down our neighbor's house. We talk about the churches. We come against Christians. They can't trust no Christian when you were raised in the church. 
It's madness. I hope I have friends after this. Bitterness always manifests the fruit of damages. Injury. Victimization. The longer a person stays bitter, the more damaged they become. Damaged in relationship, meet a good person and spoil it within three years. Because you make the person pay for what the other person did. Oh, help me, Lord. That is a major spot. I feel it in my soul. I need to move on. But that's a major issue. Nobody should have to pay what she did to you. Pay for it. Or what they did to you. The Lord spoke to me that it is a person, a woman, whose parents moved away and never ever spoke. Act like they don't exist. And the bitterness has even clouded their eyes. You can't see straight. You got kids yourself and you can't love them. Number eight, here's the eighth fruit, distractions. No matter what's in front of you that you can really focus on, you always look away. Any honking horn, any whistle, maybe you'll affirm me now. Am I beautiful to you? Maybe you'll tell me I'm okay when all you got to do is correct the bitterness and that deficit of needing affirmation will vanquish. It will vanish away. Last but not least, bitterness is always tied. This is really fatal for many people. It's tied to determining your destiny. It's tied to determining your destiny. If you don't get rid of it, it will prophesy to your end. It will, it will prophesy your destiny. You'll never grow. I'm so tired. My root system is so tied to you that you'll go three steps and I'll tell you to get back over here. and You'll bounce right back. You'll travel a mile and I'll pull you all the way back. You'll go to a different city and you still won't be able to prosper. Because bitterness will never let you go. It wants to champion your God-given destiny. It wants it. You did all of this work, all of this education, all of that stuff, and you still don't ever enjoy it because bitterness will rob you of your benefits. Bitterness will rob you of all of the work that you put in it. Like that lady swimming in the channel, swimming for miles. She's about a mile away and gives up because the fog came in. All of that training, all of that effort, she gave up and said, come on, I can't make it no more. Just a mile away in this channel that she was swimming. Because when you give up, you're robbed of all of the efforts that you made. I decree that you're greater than that. Hallelujah. I decree you're greater than that. I want to pray this prayer over you. I know God gave me this message. It was, uh, uh, it was uh, implanted in my soul early this morning. I'm so confident that it is touching many because some of us didn't know there was a little bitterness in us until this message hit us. We say, I'm done with it. That's deception. A bitter person will say, I've never been bitter until the Holy Ghost show you that you are. I'm going to pray a prayer to release anger and resentment and bitterness in your life. And I need you to go along with it. Believers in the attitude of prayer. For those of you that have this root system tied to your potential, I want you to begin to release it and renounce it now. Stop saying it is your bitterness and say it is of the enemy. This root is not of God. Start saying in yourself and seeing in yourself that you're, un you're unfurling from the ties of this root system inside of you. Everything about your present life is tied to what they did to you and you're really not free. Get this out. Everything goes up. Even your wealth. So God hear me. 
and answer my cry. You know that I'm troubled by thoughts and feelings of anger, resentment, and bitterness. But you also know why that I'm flooded with these thoughts and feelings of anguish, resentment, and bitterness. And you know how deep the hurt goes and how long I've lived with this pain. But I don't want to live like this anymore. And I don't want to make those who are really trying to love me pay for my own maladies any longer. I don't want to be an angry person for the rest of my life. I don't want to experience resentment. I don't want to be resentful for the rest of my life. I don't want to be bitter for the rest of my life. With your help, oh God, I can turn this. I need to cast this on you. I need you to delicately unfurl these root systems in my heart of bitterness. To untie this root system to the soil of my soul. I release my anger into your hands. I surrender my resentment to you. I let go of my bitterness. Help me to keep letting go and release it every day. I see that it is toxic. And toxic emotions never produce fruit of the spirit. As often as I try, I pray that you would return unto me, Lord. The grace and the mercy to overcome every obstacle. And God, I give you praise for it. I give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name, amen. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.